This is Bess Vonderheit, and welcome to The Shake, the podcast for all things Shaker. The first issue of the Shakerite's 89th volume comes out soon. Inside, the stories range from the old high school rifle club to the issue of gender-neutral bathrooms. Some walk out, but others sit in. A student-led walkout about stricter gun laws leads to a student-led sit-in to protest racial inequity. On Monday, the JV baseball team defeated Illyria. This is Madeline Price, and welcome to The Shake. This is Katie Cronin, and welcome to The Shake. This is Bess Vonderheit, and welcome to The Shake. Our first guest is campus and city curriculum reporter Caroline Brancato, who reported on the old high school rifle club founded in the 1920s. Caroline, your article is very intriguing and full of vivid imagery. Can you explain your thoughts visiting the gun club for the first time? When I first went down to what is the old rifle range, I was in shock on what I saw there because when you first go down, you see this big scoreboard that says Shaker Gun Club on it, and then you can turn and see all the bullet holes on the wall and in the ceiling, and I was just so surprised on what this space used to be. How did you find the space and what is it now? Well, the range, when it ended in 1987, was automatically turned into athletic storage, and that's what it still is today. So I found it when I was going down there to get uniforms for soccer. What does the room look like now versus what it looked like when the gun club was in action? The gun club used to be comprised of eight shooting lanes that took up most of the space of the room. And behind each lanes were these targets that were attached to pulley systems. And so the when people were shooting down in the range, they would use the pulley systems to pull the targets closer and further from them. Attached to the targets was essentially a small sheet of paper with 10 small targets on it. And the shooters had 10 rounds per like competition almost. In each round of competition, competitors would have 10 rounds to shoot on the 10 targets on the sheet of paper. And so the pulley systems were attached to the walls and there was basically a board that divided each lane and there was something that would kind of flip over at like waist height so that shooters could lean on it and shoot standing. But most shooters shot lying on the ground on mats. Today, the room, like I said before, stores athletic equipment and uniforms, but it's also become the dump of the school almost, with lots of old health class equipment, such as like CPR dummies and crutches, and there's even a few bicycles down there. And so there's just a whole mess of stuff. Today, it would be hard to imagine a rifle club in the basement of a school. What did the community think of the club in the 70s and 80s? In the 70s and 80s, the community was actually very supportive of the club because at the time it was just a place for kids to learn how to shoot guns. There was nothing malicious about it, nothing in the sense of killing, and a lot of the families of the kids who were in the club um, had military backgrounds or police backgrounds or went hunting with their families as a hobby, so it wasn't ever seen as anything dangerous but just another life skill to be learned at school. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences writing this article with us. Of course. Investigations editor Maine Nagusky reports on the effects of single-gendered bathrooms on transgender students. Her article is both informational and inspirational through the challenges transgender students face. May, what is the school district doing to help decrease these challenges? Principal Jonathan Keenley looked into implementing a gender-neutral restroom when he first got to Shaker. 
but unfortunately no gender neutral restroom was actually ever implemented in the school. So what the district is doing, they haven't brought it into the policy discussion in a little bit over three years, according to Dr. Marla Robinson. So right now they're working on inclusion, but implementing a gender-neutral restroom in the high school isn't their top priority. What did you discover while writing your story? Well, on the other side of gender-neutral restrooms, I discovered the opinions of community members. So during my research, I called random numbers from the district and asked for their input on if Shaker were to implement a bathroom. And I was shocked by the responses. I learned a lot about Shaker and how different people's views can be. What do kids at Shaker think about the possibility of a gender-neutral bathroom? I think a lot of kids at Shaker are uneducated about it so they don't really understand what a gender-neutral restroom is and the struggles that transgender and gender non-conforming students go through and they take their restroom usage for granted. So as you'll read in my story you'll hear some students point of view about how they really need this restroom and they kind of struggle on a daily because they're not comfortable or they're not they don't feel safe. And then some other kids just say, well, we shouldn't implement it because it, it would get so dirty and it would be taken advantage of. Um, is there ever a possibility for gender-neutral bathrooms at Shaker Heights High School? I think there is a possibility, but then again, that's also speculation. I think that before we implement gender-neutral restrooms, Shaker needs to understand more about what they really are and educate themselves and do research and potentially I could see it happening but right now I think there's different justifications from different people about the reasons why there isn't one and that is the reason why there is no gender-neutral restroom. May, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your research. It really helped me understand this article and it will definitely help the community understand the possibility too. Well, thank you for having me. Raiders Zone editor Anna Cross joins us to talk about the precautions athletes take to prevent concussions. Anna, what advice do you have for students to prevent concussions? Well, honestly, the best way for students to prevent concussions is to not play a contact sport. But if you are playing a contact sport, you need to be sure you're wearing the proper equipment, following all the rules of the game, and trying to avoid any serious or major collision, especially in hockey and football. Try not to tackle anyone illegally or hit anyone illegally. Um, And it's also very important to take the baseline concussion test because after you supposedly get a concussion, taking this baseline test can help diagnose how severe your concussion is. So that's my advice for athletes. What effects do concussions have on athletes? Well, a concussion can either end a sports career or it can be life-threatening. It depends on how serious the concussion is. But um, there's a girl who I interviewed in my story, and she was hit in the head with a soccer ball and ended up getting another concussion while she was still, like she still was being affected by her first concussion. And um, this affected her schoolwork, her, her focus, she wasn't allowed, she wasn't able to play sports, so concussions can really seriously affect you, and in some cases, 
the blow to the head, if it's not diagnosed properly, can result in death. How do concussions affect the learning of shaker athletes? Um, well, as I said, um, with the girl who I interviewed, um, it was really hard for her to get back um, to her regular schedule for school. And with concussions, they can result in a lot of side effects like migraines or trouble focusing. So sometimes when you get a concussion, you have to miss school. Well, first of all, you have to miss school for your doctor's appointments. And you miss school because the environment of school, like these bright lights, loud noises, a lot of tests and learning is really, really hard on your brain sometimes. So you miss school which is a huge effect on your learning. Well, Anna, thank you so much for sharing what you learned about concussions with us. Of course. For many students, shopping at discounted stores such as Forever 21, H&M, and Paxson is common because students want to look good while not spending a lot of money. However, these stores use cheap labor and their employees work in horrible conditions. Anna, your article shocked me. I never thought the conditions for workers were that bad what led you to researching this topic? Well, so when I was originally starting this story, I knew I wanted to write on fashion. I also wanted to work on Colin Kaepernick because he signed a deal with Nike, so that kind of brought my, like, Colin Kaepernick and the fashion together. So when I was originally writing the story, I was, I leaned more towards writing it on kids' fashion choices, and it kind of drifted away from that. I realized my story didn't really have, like, a clear idea. So I was talking to Natalie Sikiski, our teacher, and um, she was like, oh, these stores, have you done research on these stores? I'm like, not really. I'm like, she's like, look at all the factory stuff that they do. And I'm like, what? So then I did all this research, and then that's when it really shocked me. That's when I knew like stores, like I shop at H&M, and I shop at Nike. I didn't realize the conditions that they were putting their workers through and how they were doing all this so that I can have a $2 t-shirt and that these people work 11 hours a day and make 50 cents an hour and that's what really shocked me. So then I was like, do other kids know about this? So that's when our Journalism One reporters were able to really interview kids at lunch and kids were just as shocked as I. What do you think the importance of your article is? I think my article is to educate um, the community about how you need to be more careful of where you're shopping. Do you think writing this article um, has changed the places you will shop? Um, definitely. I still, I definitely will not be shopping at H&M anymore, I will tell you that. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing your research and bringing awareness to this topic. Of course, I had a lot of fun researching this, and it was a fun story to write. Education columnist Lauren Shepard believes the conversation in the school environment needs to shift from grades and colleges to health and happiness. Lauren, welcome to The Shake. We find your article very moving. What motivated you to write this article? Well, I just noticed that from being a student in the high school and from observing what my friends and my peers have gone through, that mental health is an issue that is extremely important but I mean no one really seems to care that much about it like the nurse is taking steps with the Zen room and um, one of the counselors is starting to do mindfulness in the mornings but other than that 
just from like observing I've noticed that there's no real resources for students with anxiety or depression or other mental health issues to access. And what have you learned along the way while writing this? I've learned that just from talking about my article with some of my friends that so many more people are affected either themselves or they've seen it with their friends or whatever like so many people are effective and that so many people just kind of hide from it you know what I mean like they just like they don't really have anywhere to turn or anything they can do about it because there's so much pressure put on them and escaping the pressure is just like impossible well the school there's like a culture in the school about succeeding and about going to the best college and about they like they boast about how Shaker students get into great colleges every year and how we have great grades. But at the same time, a lot of their students are just kind of barely making it along. Like, and this culture needs to change because there are so many students who are just unhappy with everything they're doing. And a lot of students who are just going through high school to check off boxes. And I mean, I think that high school is kind of a point where you should be able to find yourself and find what you're passionate about, but that's not really the emphasis. The emphasis is, hey, go get into Harvard, not, I mean, not like go to this really good whatever school. And what advice would you give to students struggling with anxiety and depression? Just really, really focus on taking time for yourself. If there's no room in your schedule to take time for yourself, then there's something wrong. There is, like, that's not, that's what's become normal, but it shouldn't be normal. It, that's not fair to anyone. You need time for yourself. Also, you don't need to take the very top classes to please someone in an admissions office, like, hundreds of miles away. You need to take the classes that make you happy. Thank you so much for talking to us, and I know your article will impact students in a positive way. When the issue comes out, grab a copy from your English teacher, the main library, city hall, or local businesses, including the Pearl, Shaker Square Cinemas, and Thornton Park. On behalf of Madeline Price, Katie Cronin, Alana Miller, and the Shakerite editors, this is Bess Vonderheit, the Shakerite.